and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 96 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AAW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Jeff, I'm kind of tired. Honestly, I'm a little, a little sleepy today. I am too. You know, I, I tell you what, man, we, we, we've transitioned, you know, fully into autumn now. And, you know, it, 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 it's still dark when I have to get up and go to work, and I just really just can't be bothered sometimes. Yeah, I just, extra darkness will really uh, uh, slow you down and put a little damper in you. It does. You know, adjust the energy levels for the day and stuff. You're not getting that same amount of sunlight. Just, yeah, it changes the vibes. You know, it, it's funny because Sunday night I, I fell asleep. I mean, it was raining. I, I don't know if I told you this when we were recording on Sunday. It was like a downpour all freaking day on Sunday. Oh, wow. But it was it was so nice to fall asleep to. Oh yeah, that is that is lovely. Very but pleasant but what, having a, a, such a nice pitter pattering of the rain against your window. I guess that's why they call it window rain. But right? then, the, but then, I woke up on Monday morning and it was the same thing. And I'm just like, Ugh. different vibes. Yeah, different. That's you know different vibes. Monday morning rain is much different than Sunday evening rain. It is, and, and it was like it, it was traumatic. Uh, driving into work that day and it was just like i i can't no don't do this to me please please jesus don't do this to me um yeah, so that being said we're not the most uh, uh spry this evening and i think this is going to be a fun way to, to talk about because like even before the show i was just like man like my headspace i i kind of just was saying to myself i don't really feel like paying attention to wrestling night i kind of just want to eat some chicken and dumpling soup that i made with my girlfriend and i don't know maybe like watch like three quarters of an episode of the great british baking show and just fall asleep oh so uh, so my honey made an excellent um an, an excellent jerk pork loin in the instant pot tonight. oh yeah with, with rice and beans and we, 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 we talk about instant pot foods and crock pot selections. I did. I used the slow cooker today to make to make oh, the dumplings. Yeah. yeah. See, we, and, and we made uh, and, and we made uh, you know, you know, cook it in, in jerk sauce and, and peppers. No, I'm not calling you something. And um, you know, jerk we, sauce. That's uh, yeah. that's what they call. That's what they call uh, heel. Alex Zane. There Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I love Alex Zane. He's great. I am so glad he's Alex back. In, great. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad he's back uh, on NJPW Strong and, and, and in GCW and, and all that. But anyway, uh, you know, we did, uh, you know, some dirty rice and beans. And we also had, uh, you know, we had plantains with oh, it. And, oh, yeah, it was a fantastic, fantastic uh, dinner tonight. So, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, with the point, yeah, you're going to want to get a nap. 
happened. Uh, you're going to get some sleep. Uh, uh, we don't need to be here long for you. Yeah. Let's talk wrestling. And, so I, got, and I got some comics to read tonight, too. A lot of yes, books I read came out today, so... <laughs> Uh, I guess before we get into Dynamite, I, you know, it was a very slow news day in wrestling today, Jeff. So oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to be nice or, or, or cover anything before we get into Dynamite. Oh, that's right. A uh, Ring of Honor is dead. Yeah, that was uh, something to see around, what was it, 3 p.m.? Uh, uh, Colson Bell today. Uh, 21 Gun Salute. I, I actually, no, so, so I'm being facetious. I don't think about Ring to rock. We <laughs> salute you. Yeah. <laughs> It's so more like Hell's Bells. Uh, yeah, by the way, I always prefer Bon Scott to Brian Johnson by, by a country mile. So, you know. Hey, look, man, I actually like a, a couple of Van Hagar songs. Well, yeah, so, I mean, you know, no, I, I feel that. I feel that. But anyway. Right um, now, it's like an unequivocal banger. Like, there should be a wrestler walking out to right now. And I can't believe no wrestlers walk out to right now. Blows my mind. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ring of Honor. Um, you know, I, I, I still have to gather my thoughts about this because I, I am going to be obliged to write a little bit about this at least. Okay, so let me fill in the listener in case they're not super informed for what we're talking about. Uh, just today as we record this podcast on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, Ring of Honor uh, released a statement uh, paraphrasing here, but basically saying that uh, Final Battle will be their last live event. Uh, until after the first quarter of 2022, uh, where they will be taking time to reimagine or reinvent the product in some way. Uh, and maybe moments after this press release, um, good old Uncle Dave Melty reported that uh, Ring of Honor would, would be uh, releasing their entire roster from their contracts. So uh, I, I, Honor, I actually uh, have their, their I actually have their statement if you want me to read it. Uh, it's it's pretty long. It's a couple of paragraphs. If you want to see it, it's being it shared is. everywhere. Ring yeah, of Honor, that's true. What I covered is basically what you need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a little clarity on the releases thing. Uh, they uh, are going to run Final Battle. They uh, have some sort of TV thing in, uh, in place for the future. They're not really exactly saying what. Uh, talent that is under contract for the rest of the year, will those contracts will be honored. Anyone whose contracts uh, go on past uh, the end of the year, they will be paid until March 31st. So, uh, you know, Sinclair, a company that you can criticize a whole lot for a whole lot of reasons outside of wrestling, uh, you know, being like this evil news conglomerate that like tries to like right wing pill all these local stations and uh, does all kinds of like sinister MAGA kind of nonsense. The one thing that they do that has been unequivocally good has uh, like paid all of their wrestling workers and like treated everyone well and like followed pandemic protocols like probably yeah, better than uh, any other wrestling. Uh, uh, of all companies, yeah, of all companies. I mean, it's it's highly unlikely, but it just has to be acknowledged that like they paid their talent. Uh, nobody complained. Everyone kept their work. Uh, the show shut down. The checks kept coming for all the Ring of Honor con contract talent, and it sounds like. You know, Sinclair has decided to do what they're doing here, but they are doing their best to do right by people uh, at the very least, at least as it's indicated right now. Well, I, I don't want to get but... I, I don't want to get too in the weeds about this, but um, it, it, I, I will make this actually on topic for this show. But um, the, the, there are some some indications that the, a part of this could be because of the recent uh, ransomware attack against Sinclair. Like that, I don't that, think the entire re-envisioning of a company is going to happen in response to a ransomware Well, but attack. I think... I, I always doubt these things are right. Right. Well, I have a thing about that, too, which is, as we know, a restructuring or revisioning 
Uh, yeah, it usually doesn't work. Uh, see also Chikara and Combat Zone Wrestling. Right, but those things are different because they do not have the financial backing that Ring of Honor does with Sinclair. So if Sinclair decides they want to invest in a reimagined product, they have the money to do so. That's true. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree, but... And but, this contract thing could also be like if they are going at, over a, as dramatic a rebrand, that could mean changing business names and, you know, things like that and venues and locations and, and terms. And if they're going to be, you know... Uh, presenting their product differently. That's going to mean different television and things like that. So that's going to all mean new contracts. So also don't be surprised if you see, if Ring of Honor is, you know, going to continue in some, some form or fashion, that they're just going to re-sign a lot of their same talent to new contracts. And I would assume that that's at least in play. Right. But also, uh, the, the the last point I wanted to get to on this, is, well, actually two last points, is, is number one, um, you can actually, like many thing, like, like you know, ironically, like WCW, there were very many things building up to the moment when it was all going to fall down. But you could still point to that one moment where it all fell down. Like in WCW, it's, you know, the, the, the infamous finger poke of doom that, right. that they talked about. Um, I, I can name that point for Ring of Honor. And, yeah, and I mean you, a lot of people, are and you can too. It's it's you know it was the G one supercard because G one supercard which I was atten- in, in attendance for. Yeah, well, well, same here, brother. And we were there. And uh, I mean, we, we all know we we saw we witnessed it firsthand. The New Japan portion of that show was spectacular. The Ring of Honor portion of it was a complete utter disaster, starting from jump when Kenny King in a battle royal. Battle Royale ruined a great Muda versus Jushin Liger moment in Madison Square Garden during Jushin Liger's retirement year. Yeah, there was a, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to talk about the G1 Supercard. Well, no, but what I'm saying is, I mean, uh, it, 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 and it just went from there. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably a, a good tipping point if you want to look at where things started going really, really, really I mean, they, they were already hard. sliding. I had already quit watching the product because... Um, yeah, I mean, I, because, it, it's be, like they had much of an audience prior to that. Well, actually. right. I mean, I, I had already quit watching them because of Mark Pugh's um, statement on, on, on Charlottesville. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Some, yeah. I barely remember all that bullshit, to be yeah, honest with so, you. Uh, well, see the thing? I don't have any connection to Ring of Honor. Well, Ring of Honor's heyday, I was not watching wrestling at all in any kind. So I don't really have, I don't care about Ring of Honor. I know that there were some great matches there. I went back on a lot of the Kevin Cena and Generico stuff and, you know, some Brian Danielson stuff. And, you know, everyone's seen Danielson and Joe and all that. And uh, Danielson, there, so that, I mean, Danielson and Marishima is is must watch too. So there's, I mean, and, and, there, and another, you know, obviously to tie this back into AEW before we move on, this could also leave the door open for AEW to acquire that tape library, which uh, if we are to believe that they're going to start a streaming service of some type, that that is going to be very valuable. Also leaves the door open for them to reacquire the naming rights uh, to All In and the uh, video. Yeah, I I was going to say that I am still, and I will die on this hill, that I still think that All In was an unbranded Ring of Honor show. I mean, essentially, they used a lot of their resources and a lot of their people did a lot of work on there. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. it was a close Oh, yeah. The, 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 the buy-in for All In was on WGN, which is a Sinclair station. 
Yes, and uh, you know a lot of that. I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Bully Ray booked that battle royale. I'm pretty sure he was the producer on it as well as a. Oh, you're talking. Oh, you're talking about the, the 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 infamous one. The uh, no, the 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 one in All In, the 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 pre-show one. Oh, did he really? I think so. I'm pretty sure he was a producer. On oh, that. I never heard that I before. Would, but I, okay. I, I think he was a producer on that show in general. If, uh, I mean, I it, it would. But again, I mean, I, I I am fairly certain that that All In was actually an unbranded uh, Ring of Honor show. If you, so. you call it a lot of things, but it, it's it heavily influenced by and. Uh, well, I mean, and, Jay you know, Le- just, well, I mean, Jay Lethal wrestled on it, so I mean, yeah, I mean you know. And, and, uh, uh, interesting that you know we are where we are now. Ring of Honor uh, uh, may possibly not be continuing, and AEW, you know, being where they are. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, people have you know kind of uh, wore that point out. So we don't need to get it here, but, uh, but crazy how we've got here to this point. But yeah, it, okay. So before we move on, Jeff, last thing that we'll do, and then we'll we'll finish talking about this. Name literally one Ring of Honor cast off now that you'd like to see in AEW. You can only pick one. In AEW, because I, yeah. okay, well, I, I'm just going to, well, okay, I, I, I'm going to caveat this with, um, I think Brody King and Chris Dickinson should sign to New Japan of America because they're already regulars on Strong anyway. Okay, AEW podcast, pick one for AEW. Right, okay, so, a, well, I just want to caveat that because I'm also the New Japan guy, as we all know, but, um, okay, one, okay, one guy that should go to AEW. Or gal, you can pick a gal. Oh, okay. Um, Jonathan Gresham. Okay, good pick. I I think yeah, I think yeah, I think he could be something in in. You know what? AEW. You know what's really funny? You know what's really really funny? Um, if uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> okay, I, I I will say this that I I think it, I I think it, it is interesting to think wonder who knew what was coming before anyone else because now suddenly it cast the 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 the, the briscoes being in gcw in a whole new light yeah because obviously they must have known something and people knew some things i think that's probably why pco was already you know uh make announcing dates over the last couple of weeks like, you know, yeah. they, it, it had been announced that his contract wasn't going to be renewed um so there so my pick I was losing my train of thought here because I think Jonathan Gresham is really interesting. Um, it's going to be Danhausen. Now, see, I, I was talking with, uh, I, I was talking, I was talking <laughs> no, with, I'm joking. I, I'm joking. If I had one like real actual oh. pick, it's, Bandito. <laughs> it's not my real true picks bandito, but um, okay. Okay. You know, Danhausen could be very fun. I've, I've had some conversations about Danhausen's um, upside on television. I think there's a spot for him, but we can save that for. Yeah. Well, I day. mean, I, I got, yeah, I got kind of lit into by in the group chat with uh, the days of thunder folk and, and, and Chris Damaseno. Cause I mentioned Dan, how, you know, what's going to happen with Danhausen and, and I, and you know, they, they brought up the war horse debacle in AEW. It was like, I didn't think it was that bad of a match. Danhausen, so here's what's really interesting is that Danhausen and war horse are different people. <laughs> but no, I think they're saying that you know they they they, they, they called Warhorse and, and Danhausen both meme wrestlers. I don't agree with that. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> Dave, uh, yeah. Dave, Chris, we're we're putting you on blast on on yeah, the podcast wanna, here. If you really want to go and be real with it, all modern wrestling is meme wrestling. If we're really getting okay, into fair. it, okay, <laughs> fair. But, uh, but 
I think Dan Housen specifically has there's some versatility in that character that we haven't seen yet, especially if you're going to like specialize in television. Again, that's a whole thing for a different day if and when Dan Housen ends up on some sort of AEW program, which I think he will at the very least dark. I think he shows up there at some point. But also, you know, the the entire Munoz family is suddenly going to be out of work. Well, you know, we'll find work. So, so, yeah. So, hey, hey. out of work and like all the best luck to any talent that was you know, caught off guard or finds themselves without dates to book and uh, hopefully, you know, fill those calendars and get those paychecks. Yeah, well, I hope, yeah, I hope so. And also, you know what? If I had a second pick, Dragon Lee. I didn't give you a second pick, so it doesn't matter. Okay. I said one. Fair. Follow the rules. Fair. Dick. (laughs) And with that, we go live to the Aganis Arena in Boston, Massachusetts for... Our return to Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite, your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We start right in with uh, a match of uh, two birthday boys, uh, CM Punk and Bobby Fish. Yeah, it was Punk's birthday, I believe, that was yesterday? Yesterday, Uh, Right. Yeah, also uh, a friend of the show, Sexual Jumanji's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Sexual. Happy birthday, CM Punk. Um, I believe also Carrie Elvis's birthday. Uh, There's a couple of fun birthdays yesterday. Oh, didn't realize. Like Carrie. Also, friend of the show, Carrie Elvis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good old Carrie. Yeah, the he, he, Pirate Roberts, friend of the show. He, he doesn't come by anymore. Uh yeah. This was. Uh, no, it's in that saw contraption. Right. I I thought that uh, I thought that this was interesting. That it was mostly Bobby Fish. It seemed like. Yeah, but I, I kind of think a good way to like give CM Punk kind of that's what Bobby Fish is here for, right? Like he's he's a strong, solid, consistent hand in the ring. He'll always give you this type of match, uh, regardless of what the other guy's doing. So I uh, kind of you know a, a way for him to like lead a little bit. This was still where I wasn't like totally dialed in yet, you know. So I found myself like trying to like get into it. I'm like, this is a CM Punk match. Why am I not totally into the show yet? You know what right. I mean? Like I really need to get into that space. So that that was kind of kind of distracting for me i think and that's like i think one of the things and we talk about this like so positively but i guess this is one of the things you can maybe look at as a potential negative of leading with strong matches the way aew likes to focus on especially i mean they do it more often on friday nights but you know we get a lot of these like big matches on a wednesday obviously this could have been a main event uh even on dynamite uh you know circumstances led to them you know using the halloween stuff and we'll talk about that at the main event but this could have been the main event of the show. Uh, you know, you have CM Punk. He's obviously main event quality. Uh, but I worry that, like, you know, you're just turning on the show. You're just getting into it. You, you don't have that build to, like, uh, uh, be ready for uh, a CM Punk on your TV. You know what I mean? Right. But also, you know what? I, I, I really enjoyed the ending, which, of course, was, you know, CM Punk with a go to sleep. But my, my, my favorite part about this was the very ending because Bobby Fish kicked out at like 3.0001 seconds. You know, it was just like Bobby kicked out so much that I almost thought that it wasn't planned for a second, but nobody kicks out of a GTS and they're going to plan that. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting. And the look that CM Punk gave over to Paul Turner right after was interesting too. Leads me to believe that Bobby did not discuss that 3.1 kick out with anybody. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it make it does and make one wonder. When 
you just got here and you were already like be probably being looked at weird because people know you're like a fucking QAnon psycho and stuff. Like maybe don't rock the boat with one of their most popular and important roster members. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just wondering if like you kick out at 3.1, like how many more marquee matches you see yourself having if you fucking piss off CM Punk right away. One of the most like notoriously prickly wrestlers and like a guy who like Tony Khan is absolutely not going to make men. Yeah, no. He's not going to make CM Punk mad. He is going to make concessions for this guy because you see what mad CM Punk looks like. And, and one thing Tony Khan is not going to do is blow this. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so it's a, a sacrifice at the altar for your 3.1 count, bro. Like, I don't know if you've earned being able to do that. So I don't, I don't really necessarily... Maybe it was maybe it was unearned, but you know what? I still liked it. You know, I, I thought it was a nice little touch. But I yeah. like certain spots, but I'm kind of go to sleep from CM Punk. No, no, I don't like it because it, again, feels unearned, and I feel because it takes me out of it because I feel like I immediately know what you're doing. Fair. So it takes me away from that kayfabe of wrestling because it makes me like see like this is what not the character is doing this is what the person behind it is doing to protect themselves and i don't want to think about that during a match especially a good match we then go to a pre-tape promo from malachi block where he basically just says that he was just conducting psychological warfare on cody rhodes and he doesn't give so a shit about whether or not he he got pinned on uh on last saturday which you know what fair completely in character tell you something i love about the show jeff and it kept happening for me and it made me feel really good uh is that i kept being right about stuff that i've said before uh on either on this podcast or on the wrestling brain or on twitter or anywhere else um but i was asked uh by uh my guest co-host josh custodio over on wrestling brain last week while, while nick was out uh like what is malachi black's point like what is his motivation like he's already got those wins like so why wrestle cody again or why keep any of this up? And my answer was, oh, simply because he likes beating up Cody specifically. Like he just likes kicking that guy's ass. Like what is that? What else does he need? You and know, he had I, a lot of a couple times. So why would he not just keep doing the thing that he enjoyed doing? You know, I I, I was thinking the other day that it's amazing that. I mean, even though they have the actual guy signed to them, but in a far different capacity than what I'm thinking of. But they they don't have a guy like Taz. Where, you know, like ECW era Taz, where their whole point is they get in, they everybody's fucking scared of his ass. You know, they start running when they see him and, you know, he just wants to beat people up, you know, and well, or, I think we I, I think we have a guy like that that did something tonight. So, I, I won't you know, I, I, you know, what? put a pin in that because I, I that would be the most we'll obvious answer. But I don't think that is who that character is. OK. Well, we'll but, talk about that a bit. Yeah, we will, for sure. Um, we then go to our second match of the evening. Maxwell, Jacob Friedman versus uh, Bryce Donovan. And um, it's probably taking me longer to talk to call their names match out than the, yeah, the match, match is over. over. Yeah, so we go to the so, promo. that The one-finger pin was a really nice touch. I, I thought that was great. This whole thing, like, I, I'll be, you know, the, the, the squash and the promo, very connected. All this stuff, we talked about it last week, like, MJF really intentionally being on that Ric Flair trajectory and they're leaning very hard into that in this character. And this was a very Ric Flair like outing for MJF um, as a whole. 
you know, the TV squash match, the arrogant pin straight into the, just the scathing promo. Uh, I really like how this was all structured. Okay. Um, we even get a fake entrance from Steve Stinger. Oh, yeah, a classic wrestling trope. The fake entrance to the uh, vociferous laughter. Right. Uh, but, you know, MJF, we got to open it up. So before all that, MJF insults everybody. Um you know, and uh, makes fun of Boston's women. And then where what popped me in the night said, uh, this is my impression of all of your moms. Oh, MJF, hada, hada. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. I was waiting for him to do the departed thing and be like, ah, you guys want some microprocesses? <laughs> you know, my honey and I talk about that movie constantly because she really. So here's the thing. It's but, terrible, but it's also great. No, it is a great. It's it, it's a genuinely great movie because it it, it takes it, it takes two of my favorite things and puts them together, which is the story of Whitey Bulger and okay. and the and the movie Infernal Affairs. <laughs> you know the 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 yeah, the, sure. the Hong Kong the Hong Kong. I mean, movie. It's, it's, you, you could say it's the story of Whitey Bulger, but like incredibly loose reading of it. You know what I mean? Uh, it was let's just face like, it, Jack, Jack, Nichol- Nicholson, Jack Nicholson was Whitey Bulger in that movie. Well, like, that, that was his deal. He's like, well, I'm going to just do a Whitey Bulger impersonation for this deal. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's just him like doing his little. And that's fun. Like, that's the thing about The Departed. It's, it's I mean, obviously one of Scorsese's lower on the list of like his overall body of work. Really? Because uh, but... that was the one who actually got him an Academy Award yeah, finally. I... <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that was like yeah, that Academy Award is like a lifetime achievement award though. Like, yeah, I mean it was a, it was bullshit that Goodfellas didn't win it. Although he lost, uh, Goodfellas lost to Gone with the Wind. Is that right? Not Gone with the Wind. Um, um, what am I? Dances with Wolves. Blah. Dances with Wolves. You know I, what? I say. You know, so, like, that that is not the biggest Oscar robbery in my lifetime. That's what I'm saying. Is like I can't be too mad about it because Dances with Wolves is fucking amazing. I love well, that you know what? I'll tell you what my, my my pick for the biggest Oscar uh robbery of all time was. Ooh, tell me. Uh it, it, in my lifetime I should say, not of all time. Uh it was for okay. Dennis yeah. it was for Dennis Hopper getting nominated for Hoosiers in the same year that he also played Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. Right. So, so where's the snub? The fact that he got nominated for the wrong role. <laughs> so you're saying that he should have been nominated for Hoosers? No, he should have been nominated for Blue Velvet. For Blue Velvet. Ah, right. Okay. But I mean, he still got nominated for a damn Oscar. I mean, that's pretty... Like, being I mean, the biggest snub ever being, like, you snubbed yourself. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Self-snub. Who was... Okay, what I want to know... You know what? Since we're... we're, we're I mean, we're here. Um... <laughs> Was it 2006 that Crash won? Uh, I think so. 2006. Do, 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 do you know? I, you know, I, I quit paying attention to the Oscars. At oh yeah, like, they a mean long nothing. time ago. They they've meant nothing for like a really long time, but they mean to me what was my like full on 100 percent like these mean less than nothing moment was the year that Bohemian Rhapsody did good in Ooh. any. Like one of the unequivocal. Don't get me started. Like I can't even. It was truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my do, life. Do not that any kind of acclaim is it just mind blowing. Do not uh, get me started on that All movie. Right, so, well, well, shit. Crash. Crash one in two thousand six. It beat Brokeback Mountain. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. 
all those other movies, whatever. Brokeback Mountain is really, really good. But and you know what? Like, yeah, but you know what? Just... Yeah, that, that's another thing. The, the the wrong movie named Crash got nominated. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the other one? Is that like a James Spader movie where they like... Uh, yeah, based on a... Are, yeah, based they on like a... jack off for crashing cars. Isn't that the whole thing? Like they sexually want to crash a car? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was based on a J.G. Ballard novel. That rock... Like the... I'm jacking off to crashing cars. That's so good. Uh, anyway, uh, this is not uh, the last time we talk about jacking off in this podcast. I just wanted to get everybody warmed up. Oh yeah, that, yeah. This will not be the only reference to that we are tonight. We're going to talk about jacking off, folks. Uh, Steve Stinger does actually appear at one point, and after a video made by Darby Allen, Darby Allen, of course, was in the crowd as the Invisible Man, and uh, we get a skateboard with thumbtacks on it being uh, planted into Wardlow. Good golly, he had thumbtacks in his back. So Darby Allen, the Invisible Man, uh, based off of a Kevin Bacon vehicle, Hollow Man, right? Does that, does that work? Or I'm trying to... <laughs> or, or the H.G. Wells book, one of the two. <laughs> right, or like he's... Or he kind of looked like Dark Man a little bit that was played by Liam Neeson. And, oh, yeah, uh, kind of. Okay, so how much... Wait... Are we gonna six degree Liam Neeson to Kevin Bacon? I bet you I could. I bet you okay, I could do yeah. it. Well, not on this show. You're not because we're already like what? <laughs> we're we're already in the weeds on this show. So. Okay, uh, folks, tune into Wrestling Brain Rampage on Friday night. And okay, I'll, how about this? If you come into chat on Wrestling Brain Rampage on Friday night at Twitch.tv/slash Wrestling Brain Rampage and name me an actor, I will try to six degrees of Kevin Bacon that actor in chat at any time during the show. Wow, me, me, memes from 1992, I think, right? I will, I will warn Nick about this. I promise. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> uh, we then come back with a uh, a segment backstage with Tony Schiavone and Doctor Britt Baker. DMD. DMD. Oh, uh, no, that see, was your fault this time. Yeah, well, I, I, I was trying to make it happen this right. time. Your extra anticipation made me anticipate your anticipation. And that is just so you just got to do it regular and just let me try to just make it happen. My anticipation. Patient. Sandwiches. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, point is, is uh, Britt Baker versus Abaddon on Friday at Ramp on Rampage. So, uh, hey, cool. So, again, tune into twitch.tv slash rest of the Mary page. I'll talk to you about it there. Woo! By the way, that my, my thoughts on this? Woo! Our third match of the awesome. evening. Why not have the spookiest wrestler on Halloween? Like, uh, duh. Our third match of the evening. Sammy Guevara defending the TNT Championship and his membership in, in the Ernest Circle versus All Ego, Ethan Page. Uh, there was a very long pre-bell brawl before... Nice. We like that. A little bit of softening up. A little, a little going at it there. Yeah. Um. Why are? Why is Tony Nice in the crowd again? I mean, can we just sign him now? I mean, it's... Maybe he just really likes AEW, Jeff. Maybe just like maybe Tony Nice just doesn't even care. He's not signed. He's just like, I love this shit. It's great. It's just a really good show. I just think it's really good. <laughs> He's just a huge fan. He's a very big fan. So I'm guessing skating somewhere. I assume that like at some point he attacks somebody. Right, like we just we keep like we're lulling the fans to sleep. I'm like, oh, Tony Nese in the crowd. I got Tony. Nese. Oh shit, Tony Nese did something. Yeah, I mean that, cool. that would make the most logical okay. sense. Tony Nese, not a guy like I am like super high on or whatever as like a star or feature player, but 
a strong wrestling promotion needs ring hands. You need guys like him and you need the Bobby Fishes of the world and, and those type of wrestlers uh, to keep your roster moving. Like, you know, CM Punk got this diversion match tonight and he got a good match out of it, right? You right. need guys like that to do that. Matt Seidel, great example of that. Who's going to do this with Dante Martin again this week? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, you you need these guys to to uh, to do that. So, hey, if this leads to Tony Nese coming around and having matches, uh, great. Okay. Uh, I thought this was a pretty damn good match, honestly. Sammy Guevara is turning out to be a very capable champion early on in his run, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Ethan Page. What can you say about Ethan Page, man? This guy just always shows up. Talk about great hands to have on your roster. Right. Well, it, until he breaks out Karate Man, though. Well, I can't wait for Karate Man. Very excited about Karate Man. But no, this was, I mean, this was more of a storyline match, right? The, the conclusion was foregone. I mean, based on the stipulations alone and with this storyline continuing, we knew Sammy Guevara was not losing this match. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the more, you know, interesting, intriguing stuff comes from the, the beatdown after Inner Circle running out. Uh, Jericho getting a little bit more back on track here. Uh, says to Ethan Page, uh, the only thing you beat is yourself in your hotel room last night. Hey, folks, we're talking about jacking it. Oh, boy. Did you know that? Did you know that he was talking about masturbating his penis? Uh, yeah, I, I caught that subtle okay. nuance. Yeah. Okay. I was making sure that you knew he was talking about uh, uh, cranking his hog. <laughs> oh, boy. So now the inner circle get to pick which members of America's top team is going to be in the 10 man match at full gear. That will now happen, which is now a Minneapolis street fight. So spanking the monkey. <laughs> uh, we then go backstage. With... Okay, oh God. <laughs> we then go backstage with uh, Tony Schiavone with uh, Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston. And uh, this was a fantastic promo. Love that they uh, continued this after. So, did you see the last week roads to the top promo? That they, I know they posted it online. I did. I I, I did see it online because you know I right, so I'm not going to watch roads to the top. <laughs> well, we will argue about that off pod. Uh, they uh, uh, they had a segment similar to this uh, during the first commercial break of roads to the top last week right. on yes. Saturday. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't see it online. Yes, yeah, so they. Had like a locker room face off where they had a, a really great interaction. And this is, I think an awesome build with these two specific guys, having them cut these promos in each other's presence and not in the ring. I think it really adds like a very personal element between these two that you can't get in front of a crowd, right? Cause you have to play to the crowd. This isn't played to anything. It's played to each other. And it really feels like these guys are talking to each other and they're serious about each other. Brian is serious about what he believes about Eddie's path. And Eddie is seriously offended that a guy that he respects as a fighter would think this about him. Yeah, well, and, which kind uh, of rehashes the Mox thing a little, the Mox feud a little bit, but yeah. Which is good. This is so good that all these things tie together because, you know, Mox and Kingston's relationship is going to come back into play later when Mox and Danielson most likely uh, uh, face off in the finals of this tournament. No, I, I totally agree. So, yeah, it, it is going to come into play. By the way, I just got your message that you sent me before we, we went on because I was, you know, having to, you know, walk, take my dogs out before we recorded. And you said you were listening to Rammstein. What were you listening to? Feuer Frei, the uh, song that's on the trip at the beginning of Triple X. That was the song I was listening to the second that I was uh, talking to you. I listened uh. to a couple of Rammstein songs but oh. that was the one that was on and that is a fucking jam because i was because because i was listening to sauna the other day 
But which is might Here's be the, my which might be my favorite Rammstein song, honestly. Rammstein rules. Were were you planning on or thinking about going to the Rammstein Soldier Field show pre-COVID? I didn't know there was a Rammstein Soldier Field show pre-COVID. There was supposed to be a Rammstein Soldier Field show. Say that. Say Rammstein Soldier Field show. Rammstein <laughs> Soldier Field show. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, no, there was supposed to be a, a Rammstein so. Fuck. See? <laughs> Rockstein show at Soldier Field. Wow. Damn. Uh, the tickets were very, very expensive, and I was going to buy one. Oh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I had no idea. So awesome. Talk about one of the coolest acts. Like, and I'm sure if you know, you've never seen them live, you know, folks out there, you can see the videos of them live. They're. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Till til lighting sick. himself on fire and stuff. Yeah. yeah. They, they wear flame retarded suits out on their concerts just so they could be on fire more often. We then have a backstage promo with uh, Alex Abrahantes with uh, Ray Phoenix e Penta El Cero Miedo uh, challenging the challenging FTR to come at them for the AEW World Tag Team Titles at Full Gear. So that yeah. match will happen, hopefully with less horse shit than the than the AAA title match. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up, Jeff. You've had some thoughts about this rivalry to date. You've uh, pretty heavily panned it. It does, seems like you're not super into it. Uh, I know I've pretty much agreed with you, but I wanted to ask you, what did you think of this promo between with the Lucha Brothers and Alex? I thought it. I thought that promo was was just fine. Just fine. Okay, yeah. I think even more than just fine. I think the strength of Pentagon's energy and passion here may have just put this whole thing back on track for me. I oh no, I, kind of- no, no, I agree. No, I, I think it was. Yeah, I mean it. I mean Penta, you know, Penta's Penta. You know, he he's gonna save everything. You know. Yeah, and I think like we're already on track to that because I think all we really needed was that like kind of real animosity and that seriousness of you know Penta wants to kick your ass, and I think that's kind of really all we needed. And then that coupled with FTR kind of getting serious again here on, on their side of things later in the show, I'm a lot more interested here. And I think an AEW tag title match at Full Gear could really be something. And I think they'll give us a really good match. So yeah, well, again, I mean, yeah, the the just the the goofiness of you know the uh, the 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 Los Superanas uh, debacle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. I'm still not happy with the Superanas thing. I'm still not happy they even have those belts in the first place. But I, I, it's forgivable if we can get to the right spot with it. And I think we're back on track. I was worried about this well, thing going well, on. Well, well, yeah. Well, the right spot with those belts would be around the waist of Laredo Kid and Ijo Del Vikingo. But anyway. Uh, yeah, well, our fourth match of the evening, uh, a first-round matchup in the TBS title tournament, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. And, uh, yeah, this one... anticipated a rematch. People wanted to see this again after their first meeting, and I was really excited for it. Oh, yeah, and it delivered, I thought. Hugely delivered. This, I mean, there were some really good matches tonight. I thought the wrestling was very good on this show. This was my favorite wrestling match of the evening. Yeah, this, I, I don't know if this was my favorite, but it was it probably close second, to be honest. This one was fine. I thought, I mean, this was the Serena Deep show. Deep carried this match, and I think uh, uh, designedly so, because I think the idea here was to feature Serena to be legit as a heel in the future. I think she's going to be a big piece of this women's division going forward, uh, and should be. She's a, a fantastic wrestler and, and has all the charisma you'd want in a top in that division but also hikaru shida finally got her 50th win hooray got the yeah she got her revenge she yeah. got her win she is uh set for a big rematch 
with Nyla Rose next week. Oh yes, yeah, that, that's going to be. Next week or is that going to be? When is that? Is that next week Friday? Have they announced that yet? Did they said the date. I don't think they said a date, but it's going to be in the next round. So. Yeah, so we're we're setting up a bunch of high-profile rematches here, uh, or at least a couple in this TVS Women's Tournament, which I think is really cool. What do you think of the tournament so far? What did you think of this match? So far, I think the tournament's been peachy keen. I mean, I haven't had any complaints Notice, about it yet. Have you noticed that uh, they made no attempts to put any of it on YouTube? I have noticed that. I wonder if they, the, the, good, the, huh? I, I wonder if the criticism finally got to them. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I tried to defend the YouTube thing when it first happened. Uh, you know, longtime listeners of this podcast will know. Oh, I but remember. I looked at positive spins in that YouTube thing, and I still think there's something there about. And, I, and they, they've showed that they've done some good stuff on Dark and Elevation since then. But yeah, I think if you're gonna, you know, especially starting a new championship, making it the main thing, and you know, it being a, a television branded thing. Uh, makes sense keeping it on TV. We then go backstage with Leo Rush and Dante Martin, where we come to find out that oh, thank God, no creepy Mike Seidel on Rampage uh, this I week. I knew you were gonna say something about no Mike Seidel. I love wow, you just like root for a guy to be injured or be hurt. Why don't you? You heard I, it here first, Jeff. I, I don't. Jeff cool when people are hurt and can't work and feed their families. Jeff I, think that I, thinks it's cool and good. You, he said it with his own mouth. You heard it. I just don't want him on my TV, that's all. See that? See that? He wants Matt, Mike Seidel and his family to starve to death in the cold. He wants Mike Seidel sitting out there like the fucking kid from uh, uh, from Scrooge or whatever. Like, please, sir. Please, sir, I need six pence for my Christmas dinner, which is a loaf of bread. I'm covered in chimneys, so... And I've never even been near a chimney before. Is, is this creepy? Is this creepy Mike Seidel's a Christmas Carol now? It's, it's creepy Mike Seidel Christmas Carol. Yes, it's creepy Mike Seidel as a, ch- as a chimney sweep. Oh goodness! He's <laughs> eleven years old. He's covered in soot. He makes uh, three patties a day. He spends all of it uh, on eels and jelly for uh, uh, jelly eels. Jelly eels. <laughs> jelly eels for his uh, for his family, and they're flat. <laughs> what, what, why are you trying to make me out to be a monster huh why? you are a monster you said it yourself i'm just saying no i just don't want to see him on my tv he can go oh. work wherever i just don't want to see him that's all he's a contracted wrestler to aew every time you say you don't want him on your tv you take six thousand dollars out of his pocket i do oh, that well yeah but it's not entering into mine so what good does that do me well it sounds like you just need to do better math then that's not my problem that's a you problem <laughs> That's not you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a few edits tonight, I think. Our That's fifth... all cool talking about. That, that, creepy Mike stays in the picture, baby. <laughs> what are you, some kind of creepy Mike lover? Is that what it is? Huh? Answer I, me, Paul. Maybe, maybe I'm creepy Mike. So hell, and you haven't even noticed. I've been on the other side of the microphone this whole time. Hmm. You know what? Um. You know. I. You know. Maybe if you let your hair down a little bit. Yeah. You know. I could I see think it. Of like a Mike Seidel character. I think of. Um. Remember how like Looney Tunes would have like the cartoonish bit of that one guy from old movies. What's the guy? You know what I'm talking about? The he had that weird voice. Oh yeah, P- Peter Lorre. 
Peter Laurie. I always forget his name. I don't know why I do that. But like that, that's who I think of as Creepy Mike Seidel. He's like a the, the Looney Tunes version of the Peter Laurie like cartoon guy. <laughs> well, well, so who's the Edward G. Robinson? You know, the, eh, see? <laughs> oh, who is the Ed- Kenny Omega. Oh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, Kenny Omega is the Edward G. Robinson, because I just feel like he's the only guy that would go, yeah, she. <laughs> our it's, frith, it's, not, it's not about look, it's about vibes. Our fifth match of the evening, uh, John Moxley versus number 10 Preston Vance of the Dark Order in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Uh, wait, wait, said five, five and ten are the uh, uh, the two fake mobsters. <laughs> what were the names? I think they were like they were like uh, uh, God. They are some maybe some offensive Italian names, probably since it was the forties. Probably, uh, probably. probably some Italian name. Uh, uh, Spaghetti Spaghettiano and uh, Lasagna Lini. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Remember that? Uh, you know, never mind. We're, we're, we're again. We've been in the weeds. Well, Tony whole... Angelo is all elite. <laughs> Um, holy shit. Mox kind of went to town on Preston Vans, maybe a bit too much. Uh, so yeah, number 10, like got beaten up like it was a gang initiation, which at first I thought it probably is. And this is probably like, oh, oh well, you know, show you can take a, uh, an ass whooping from the top guy and like, you know, do a good blade job and everything. Right. Uh, but I say, was, I it, was it the MD? Uh, I guess say, was it the the murder death kill gang that he was getting initiated into? Because well, Jesus it, Christ, H has raised the standards of violence at AEW. Mm. Like after that, yeah, man, the standards are higher now. You better do it after Nick Gage has come through those doors and bled on your television. Everybody else has to bleed better now. I mean, the way it is. I mean, John Moxley's the 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 reigning GCW World Champion. So you know, did yeah. you forget? Did so you forget he, about that. Yeah, yeah. I did not forget about that, but like, I'm just, it's, it's, uh, I lost my train of thought there, Jeff, because I was looking at my, at my seltzer while you were talking about that. Hold on. So, so, so you know who, so you know who, who needs to be signed to, to All Elite now, of course. Matt Corona. No, besides him. <laughs> uh, Zach Ryder? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, who, who's, who's my other favorite heel from GCW? Wait, you told me this before. I did. Uh, Atticus Kogar? Atticus Kogar, that's right. Here's the thing about Atticus, though. Uh, he really works in that stable kind of uh, format right now. I think that's like where, and like the 440 stuff is working great. So Atticus by himself as a feature TV guy right now, I don't think we're there. Do I think that's happening at some well, point? Yeah. I think the well, kids, yeah. there there has been no four 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 zero stuff on GCW lately. It has been just Atticus being there. Yeah, but I think that's by design, right? Because you, I mean, you have some stuff coming up, right? I think. Uh, well, he's got to be in the NGI. And you have Atticus and Eddie only are taking on. Uh, um, who's the tag team? Another uh, GCW tag team, and I can't. Uh, right, young oh, Dunk. Oliver and well, young dumb and broke guys, George yeah. Oliver and those guys. That's yeah, what it so. was. Anyway, this is not this is not a GCW podcast, despite what we try to do on a weekly basis with this. Um, yeah, number yeah. So Preston Vance uh, looked god awful at the end of this. Well, and... I can tell you that uh, I had a a friend at the show tonight that was on the main floor, pretty close to the front, and number ten walked by them after the match, and they said that. Uh, Number ten looked really bad, like might have been hurt real bad. Yeah, boy. So well, all the best to number ten. 
I hope 10's all right. It sounds like number 10 uh, uh, took some damage. Especially since, well, anyway. Uh, so, John Moxley advances to face Orange Cassidy like I predicted. So, there we go. Very excited about that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one we saw coming. Uh, I think that'll be a really good match. They've wrestled before, right? Yes. I don't know. Have they? I don't know. I've, I just forget sometimes, man. Uh, we then go backstage with FTR where Tully Blanchard is, is claiming that the Lucha Brothers are going to experience something they've never experienced before. To which I say, no, Tully, they've been they've been fucked over on American TV plenty of times. What are you talking about? I was going to say, what are they going to experience? Uh, uh, being cool and beating you guys and then like probably like having sex later? Like, no, they do that all the time. <laughs> uh, we then get... Uh... Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson coming out, and they are getting booed. Yeah, so, they are. Um, and then I'm going to let you handle this promo. Well, well, I think there's plenty to talk about. There's something I, I wanted to touch, a couple things I wanted to touch on here. But we discussed, like, what's going on, what's happening with Cody and, and why and where we're going. And, you know, what I have said last week was uh, Cody's not going to turn heel because that's the easy way out. Right. And Cody doesn't do that. It's just not where he is. It's not the kind of wrestler he is, not the kind of character he's ever wanted to forge. Uh, Cody's going to take the hard way back to where he believes this character needs to be or where this character can be. And I said I respected it. Wasn't sure how it was going to go, especially after, you know, him getting booed so hard last week after the Malachi Black victory. But I'm starting to, like, look at this and extrapolate a little more and starting look at these things big picture instead of week by week and that's how you're supposed to view this whole Cody storyline right I think where we get caught up is we look at these things in a vacuum week to week and this story is not told in a vacuum week to week right none of this stuff is self-contained nothing Cody does is self-contained everything is all tied into it not only just Cody but like an entire generational Rose legacy and he leans on this so heavily in his character and, and everything he does in almost any angle or any storyline he does, it comes out somewhere. Right. And tonight, uh, Cody addressed all this stuff. I mean, literally as, as head on as you can get it. Right. You couldn't address these things more directly in a promo. And personally, I thought that was fucking awesome. And if you're going to take the hard way, this is the way to do it. And this is the way to kind of get on that track, in my opinion. Uh, Cody said some uh, some very important things. Uh, he said that I have a wife is too hot for me. My brother's better at wrestling and I'll never step out of my dad's shadow. Uh, you know, he he was basically, as my, uh, as my girlfriend said, he, he beat rabbit at this one. He just said, you know, tell these people something they don't know about me. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good promo. I will grant that. It may be one of the best ones he's ever done. But it was. I, I mean, you know, Cody's at his best when when he's real Cody, and this was not contrived. And I think that's where I, a lot of the, uh, you know, negative sentiment towards Cody has probably come from. Is a lot of the directions he's taken has been felt inorganic, or contrived, or just not earned, or not fitting in. But this is like where it needed to be. Like this is Cody as who he is he wasn't you know turning on the crowd or anything but he did acknowledge like no it's it's, it's bullshit i'm not happy about how i'm getting treated but here's who i am and here's what i'm about and here's what i plan to do and he straight up said i'm not going to turn which i thought was a really interesting meta way to address this right he just right. straight up said it like on a, on a promo in this ostensibly kayfabe product i'm not turning um but you know here's the thing 
if you want to keep getting the strongest reactions possible out of your crowds, uh, whether that's cheering or booing, you don't turn it. And I talked about this before. Because as soon as you do, the crowd will just be happy and they'll shut up. They won't boo anymore. Right. Um, and then we get Andrade El Idolo coming out, basically starting shit. And so is Malachi Black. He's still out here. And yes. then well, we get and then we get Billy Big Fish bollocks. And I'm, I'm glad we're tying all these storylines together. Another very old school thing where you bring a couple of stories together. You can separate them, but you can also have them kind of clash and get some, you know, good moments like this and eventually a good tag team match out of it. So you kind of can mine these things for more content and, and more satisfying, like good content. Uh, but you can you kind of extend the life of some of these programs a little bit and keep them interesting. So I thought that was cool. And I want to address like exactly because I did tell somebody on Twitter that I would uh, address this exactly and directly. So I said on Twitter that I continue to be the uh, leading Cody scholar in wrestling media. I still believe I am. I was asked uh, by friend of the show, uh, uh, Luke Phillips, can you explain why he can't book himself for shit? Was the question I was asked. (laughs) And uh, I will answer that. Because I think he can, and he's good, actually, at booking himself for shit. And I sort of touched on this earlier, but I think the point is this narrative is is to be looked at as an entire body of work, not just in a vacuum week to week. And if we look at this entire story, um, you have a guy who's been on this kind of long-term trajectory towards like losing the fan appeal that he thought he had earned permanently, uh, feeling dejected for it, feeling genuine surprise. Um reacting to it and acting out against it in different ways uh, only to find that none of that works unless you're your most true authentic self and you have to step out of, you know, what you thought your comfort zone was or, or what lane you thought you were in uh, address that in order to kind of get back to where you were. And I think that really works for me. And I think, you know, when Cody's his most self-aware and acknowledges his own shortcomings is when he's at his best. And he did that tonight if he continues on that and to do that, I think by the time all of this is over and we're far removed from this Cody Malachi stuff specifically, um, I think we'll look at this as, as a well-booked story uh, completely. Now, has he had issues this year with, with some of the booking stuff with Agogo and, and QT Marshall specifically? Sure. But I think he is very good at booking himself when you know he's motivated or when he kind of has uh, – or when he's in the right headspace, I guess. I, it's hard to say. Like, I'm probably going way too long on this, Jeff. I was really waiting for you to stop me like a minute or two ago. <laughs> okay, shut the fuck up, Paul. Jesus. Just, shut yeah, the fuck I mean, up about Cody, much, Paul. <laughs> how long would it, was it taking you? Why didn't you not do this earlier? <laughs> I, was just, I was just waiting for my opportunity to say, I thought of all the people that look great in this pack, looked massive Yeah, in of this. course, because he's packed. Well, yeah. I mean, literally, well, there is like, that. There is that. Uh, anyway, uh, our main event of the evening, uh, Evil Uno, Sue Grayson, John Silver, and Colt Cabana of the Dark Order resplendent in in, in just absolutely amazing costumes. Uh, there were some fun costumes. It, uh, it, including, including Evil Uno riding, you know, a, a, a half-costumed horse. Yeah, so... We had multiple hangman's page, which I did call in a group DM. I was in. I was like, man, they should just all dress like hangman. Uh, so I thought that was fun that we had multiple hangsmen. Uh, we had a Kratos played by Stu Grayson. Very good Kratos. 
uh, at that. John Silver uh, fulfilling a promise, did the Bambi thing. I thought Colt Cabana's Brandon Cutler was quite funny, uh, led to a pretty good spot. So, yeah, no, the, the Halloween costumes were on point. And then uh, they are up against, also in costume, uh, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Adam Cole, the super click. And, uh, yeah, lazy, lazy, lazy elite because they've already done the Ghostbusters costume before. I mean, not in AEW. It doesn't count. It counts, brother. Okay. It, it, no, it, it, if they're going to reference other promotions, okay, no, wait, wait. then it counts. What if, what if they were lady Ghostbusters this time? But they were. What if they were the other? But they, but they weren't. That's the problem. How do you know? What if they were the? What if they in their mind? Because the co- because the costumes because the costumes were the were the, uh, the 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 Bill Murray ones. That's why. Were the ones for the Lady Ghostbusters different? Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, they oh, were. Okay. Yeah, they were. I didn't. See that. I don't know. So I was just. I thought it was. Fun. If, I, I thought so it was the, a fun movie. So okay, okay. What if they were Ghostbusters in the in that time, and this time they were Ghostbusters too? You're, fine. Ah, you're, 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 you're fired. You're fired. Check me. Check me. Um, by the way, I have absolutely zero interest in that new movie. <laughs> oh, what? No, I don't care. Yeah, yeah I, I don't give a shit about that. Um, how about uh, Evil Uno writing Matt Jackson? <laughs> that was fun. This was, was a. Uh, this was. I mean, a, basically a straight comedy match almost the whole way through. Almost uh, the whole way through. Yes. It's a fun way to do like a little Halloween show and something like this. What was really interesting about it is that it was also effective in doing something that we've been complaining about for a pretty long time. So a a, uh, a couple of things, in fact. So a lot of fun stuff happened in this match. We got, you know, some fun comedy spots. I thought uh, Colt Cabana's like spray spot in the corner where he kept spraying even after uh, Matt walked away. was very good. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple of really good things to like, but ultimately this match ends with uh, Dark Order and Hangman Page coming back together. Oh, yes. And so, uh, it, it should be noted that Hangman Page was at ringside the entire time because he, he was disguised as the Safe Off Marshmallow Man to go with the Ghostbusters so. because the, the, the horse was actually Brandon Cutler, a, 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 a duct-taped, kidnapped Brandon Cutler. So, so Horse Cutler gets beat up, and uh, in one of what I think is going to be one of the most heavily memed moments of the last, at le- or the next at least few days of the wrestling news cycle, everything just moves so, so fast now. Uh, the Hangman Page removing the Stay Puff mask moment was very well done. Yeah, but uh, I, I, it's got a big pop out of me, brother. But we should not forget the the effort that both Stu Grayson and John Silver put in in this match either. Because once again, they, oh, yeah, they were the no, Iron Men yeah. of these of this match. They were great. I thought Evil Uno looked really good in this match. Dark Order looked really good in this match, and we didn't even talk about the results. Jeff, Dark Order fucking won. They did. John Sil- won. John Silver pins Matt Jackson. Yeah, and it was. I thought this was so well done, and it did two things that I was really worried about. One, it brought Adam Page back to the Dark Order in a sincere, earnest way. That made me feel like they have each other's trust again, which I which did I, not Which I told like. you. I told you. I didn't see it or feel it after that. I needed to see it. I needed to feel it. And now I do. And it immediately brought back Dark Order's legitimacy. Even in a match where there are, And that's, that speaks to how uh, uh, well executed this match was and executed that their goals were. That these guys are all in goofy Halloween costumes. 
and were able to like overcome a serious storyline hurdle that has been in front of them for a couple of months now. Well, uh, not only that, but it it also addressed two of my biggest pet peeves, which is the the dearth of meaningful wins against the elite. Which okay, you could debate whether or not an eight man tag win is a meaningful win, but it kind of is because it, it storyline it it works for I what they were trying this, to do. I consider this specific win meaningful uh, because they needed it so badly, right? When, but, and that and that's not to be discounted. Like when you need a win and you get a win, that's a big fucking win, right? But this is only the second of those meaningful wins against the elite in the in the year since this angle started. Yeah, yeah, the, the other one being Christian. The other one being Christian Cage beating Omega for the Impact title. Right. I, I think like, ultimately the last couple of months, the last few months of Dark Order is like what really needs to be like zoomed in on here, and that's like where the biggest trouble area kind of was. We've talked about this a bunch on the podcast before. Like, how does Dark Order kind of recover from how damaged they've been since the the page split? But I think this was a really great way to get back on track there. Like, I don't, it's not all forgiven yet. And we're not all back with Dark Order being like, you know, serious, serious players. But I definitely think we're back on track now after today. But also, it, it addressed another one of my pet peeves, too. Which is, which is dumb baby faces. Because these were not dumb baby faces. No. These, these no, were very good. smart, crafty baby faces who had a plan and it worked to perfection love when the lads are clever we do in fact and uh and i also love hanging page in the state of marshmallow thing i'm watching uh i'm watching the, uh, <laughs> uh, the spot and it's just really good and with that we close out this episode of aew dynamite and uh boy we're already over the hour i'm over my time i want to get in bed paul go ahead and plug yourself you can find me on twitter at cool step uncle at twitch at twitch TV slash Thick Flare, all seasonal case. Every Friday night, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. You'll find me and Nick East at Wrestling Brain Rampage, recapping Rampage, talking to you, doing all kinds of stuff there. That's it. And, of course, this show. Oh, also, um, I'm really excited uh, to start next week at my new job at Ring of Honor, so look for me there. <laughs> and, of course, this show's Twitter can be found at BGT Podcast on the Twitter machines. You can find me on the Twitter machines at strong style story without the Ian style and my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, I believe this is finally the weekend where John Arnold and I will be recording busting balls goes to the movies. So, and believe me, we have a lot of news to talk about in football too, because especially today, Oh boy, there was some there was some news happening in, in the footballs, but also I think soon I think uh, Chris and I owe everybody a strong style story, so hopefully we'll get to that soon. But you know, if, if we can be bothered, ha ha. Um, I kid, I kid. Paul, any last words? Um, eat shit, Joe Mansion. Oh, like okay. eat, uh, eat a huge bowl of shit, like a literal bowl of excrement. Like, put it in your mouth and chew on it and then swallow it into your body. Okay, we'll see you next week.